Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment. But first, Paula and I appreciate all of the continued support out there. We have over a million downloads, and we want to keep growing. If you could leave a positive rating on our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, tell a friend or family member about our show. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new mystery. your co-host Steve Yoder. And with us as always is our award-winning journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi everybody. How about a hometown mystery tonight? Let's go to the city of Willoughby along the Lake Erie shore east of Cleveland. Willoughby is unique in America. It is the only town known to have belonged at one time or another to six different counties. Hard to believe that's possible. As if it were some geographic game of hot potato, it has belonged to Washington, Jefferson, Trumbull, Geauga, Cuyahoga, and finally Lake County. And I'll save you the need to look up these maps. Yes, Washington and Jefferson County are nowhere near Willoughby, but Back when there were only a handful of settlers in Ohio, the state was broken into just a few massive counties. Tonight, we're going to discuss Willoughby for a couple other geographic-related mysteries. The name of its town and the name of one of its major streets. In the late 1700s and early 1800s, Willoughby had a bit of an identity crisis. It used to be called Charlton, then Chagrin, then Chagrin Mills. Actually, lots of towns changed their name in those early years till they found one that fit. Often, it would be the name of a town founder or an early settler, maybe a Revolutionary War hero, or maybe the name of a town in another state or country that the settlers came from, a way to honor their roots. But Willoughby was named for a man who had nothing to do with the town, probably never stepped foot in it, and frankly, probably couldn't have cared less. The town used his name, hoping his reputation alone would lure in new settlers. 
You see, as a young, primitive state on the western edge of the United States, Ohio communities were always trying to grow their population and attract new business and industry. More people meant more influence, more money, more everything that is good for a pioneer settlement. The little crossroads of Chagrin Mills, with about 350 citizens, came up with an idea for standing out. In 1837, Northern Ohio didn't have a single medical school. So, why don't they build the first? And who better than to help them establish it than a former New York congressman named Dr. Westall Willoughby, who had a great reputation for a medical school that he had in New York. So the fine citizens of Chagrin Mills voted to rename their town Willoughby, hoping that the honor would coax the good doctor into giving them some attention, maybe helping them build that school. Did he? Well, that's the mystery. I can't find any evidence that Dr. Willoughby took the bait. As a matter of fact, Every mention of how the city got its name is worded in such a way to suggest it was an unfulfilled dream. Investors opened a school anyway. Even if Dr. Willoughby wasn't involved, the school's founders, Drs. George Card and John Henderson, hoped his name alone would give automatic prestige to the university and help secure teachers and students. Alas, Naming your town and medical school after a famous guy hundreds of miles away did not have the draw they'd hoped. The college struggled mightily, partly with financial problems and because of public outcry over its habit of robbing local graves to steal cadavers for its students. We've done a couple or more episodes on Ohio's grave robbing era when young physicians argued It was the only way they could learn their craft, since most folks were reluctant to donate their bodies to science. So after 13 years, a period in which it trained 160 doctors, the Willoughby Medical School faculty was moved to a new place in Cleveland, and the college was shuttered. Now, the bigger name mystery in Willoughby is the north-south route that cuts through town called Lost Nation Road. The name has been picked up by Lost Nation Airport, Lost Nation Municipal Golf Course, and Lost Nation Sports Park, among other things, I'm sure. It's a cool name, really deserving of an epic legend. So, what's the origin? In looking over newspaper articles, I can see Willoughby people have been obsessed with trying to figure this out. The road was old, but it was first paved in 1918. Three years later, as traffic grew on that new thoroughfare, a local newspaper tossed out the question to see if anyone knew where it got its name. A woman named Betsy Jane Durbin 95 years old at the time, stepped forward. She was just eight years old when her parents settled on the lakefront north of Willoughby. There was a nice hamlet there, a schoolhouse, a Baptist church, a cemetery. 
There was a path leading from the lakeshore south to the old mill near Willoughby, over which farmers hauled their grain for milling. The road was rough, stumpy, often very muddy. Mrs. Durbin's father had a farm along that road, and she recalled there were days they couldn't get to that Baptist church on the shore or even get to school sometimes because the road in the midst of an extreme Ohio season, could be impassable. Other neighbors were homebound frequently as well. Soon, they gave up going to church at all. It just wasn't worth the effort. That's when the parson implored them to rejoin the church, to make more of an effort. He prayed for them as if they were sheep who had strayed from the flock and were lost in the woods. The residents of that road were likened to a nation cut off from the rest of the world, and people started referring to them as the lost nation. In time, the lane became a road, and then the road became paved, but its reputation as home to the lost nation survived the years. Surprisingly, I don't see this story very often when I search modern historians offering up their opinions on the name. The most popular theory is a sort of a vague notion that Lost Nation refers to an Indian tribe known to have mysteriously vanished from the area. Back in the early 1600s, the Erie Indians called Northeast Ohio home. But the record of them in that area stops in 1656 with no explanation. Now, white settlers hadn't come to Ohio yet. We hadn't pushed them out. The first British settlers only arrived in Jamestown in 1607. And it would be more than a century and a half before the European invasion would reach the Ohio Territory. But the Indians were always fighting off raiders because tribes warred against each other, trying to gain land and resources. Historians think it possible that some marauding Iroquois warriors who were known to have been in that area may have dispatched the Erie who live in present-day Willoughby. And here's a third theory, offered up by a local historian who gave an interview on this topic a few years ago. At the turn of the century, an allotment of summer cottages was developed north of Willoughby, and the developers called it Willoughby on the Lake. They didn't spell Willoughby the same way. The town ends in Willow B-Y, and the Willoughby on the Lake spells it Willow B-E-E. It was on Lakeshore Boulevard, and reportedly, The choice of how to name this community was done without the cooperation of Willoughby, which led to a government riff. The theory is that since Lost Nation Road was paved about the same time, maybe someone was having fun with the name, acknowledging the lost souls who were stuck in Willow B-E-E instead of the original Willow B-Y. And looking over old newspaper articles, it may be that Willow B.E.E. developers may have been the first to start the idea of Indian lore. I found one of their advertisements that told prospective buyers 
that the Indians themselves named the route Lost Nation Road and that they were just carrying on the tradition. Of those three theories I've offered, my money is on the first. Mrs. Durbin, who clearly lived on that road in the 1830s, certainly seems to be in a position to know best. Funny enough, Ohio isn't the only community in America wondering how they got a Lost Nation name. In Iowa, there's a community called Lost Nation, a quiet town of about 10 streets with an elementary school, a gas station, and three churches. And they have no idea of their name's origin. So a former mayor there, Jim Schroeder, boldly made one up. He tells people a wagon master once hired to take foreign travelers to the Old West was killed during an attack by a roving band of Indians. Survivors, with no one to guide them away and no wagons to take them, simply settled there and called themselves the Lost Nation. You watch. Someone's going to repeat his story as fact a hundred years from now. There is also a Lost Nation Road in Vermont. It's in a very remote location, a dirt road off a dirt road. A man who lives there in the middle of nowhere named his traveling barbecue company Lost Nation Smoke Company. And he's convinced the name is rooted in Indian lore. But again, no details of why. Anyway, the folks of Willoughby will no doubt continue to debate the name of their awesomely named road for the next century, as they have the past century. Although I, for one, am ready to give Mrs. Durbin full credit for the answer. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to ohiomysteries.com. Also, for more shows like ours, head on over to killerpodcasts.com. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.